Hi there, Chris here. Before I start the dope intro music for this episode, I wanted to explain that this is part one of the second season of Netflix's Kingdom. I was lucky to have Crystal from TransformationAttack.com join my recap, and our discussions lengthened to the point that I thought I should include episodes one through four in this part, and the final episodes five and six in part two, which I'll release next week. I really hope you enjoy our commentary, and I want to thank Crystal again for sitting on the phone with me for a few hours while we recorded this. Please give her some love at transformationattack.com. And feel free to drop me a line at kdramakraken on Instagram and Twitter, or the home site, kdramakraken.com. Now, cue the baby kraken growls. Hello, and welcome to a new episode of K-Drama Kraken. This is another Baby Kraken episode where I will be joined by Crystal. Say hi, Crystal. Hi. Hi. Uh, Thank you so much for coming on again. We are going to talk about season two of Kingdom, the show on Netflix starring Ju Ji-hoon and Bae Duna. Um, The show takes place in feudal Jonsoon. And we're going to get right into the episodes. Uh, Episode one, we see Chancellor Cho during the war three years ago. He's shown the resurrection flower by a doctor and told of its effects. He goes to Lord An, who is with the troops and his slain men, dejected that Sanjo is the last line of defense against the invading Japanese. They exchange a look and rows of the dead are placed before Cho. This was interesting to me because I really wasn't expecting the season to start off in a flashback, but it was nice to see this war that they'd been talking about throughout the whole first season and how Lord On had something to do with it. You know, when I was watching, like I binge watched season one and two, Mm -hmm. and I honestly didn't see a real break in between seasons. Mm -hmm. So... To me, I kind of felt like maybe there wasn't really a break, but Netflix cut it in half. <laughs> so, I mean, it kind of makes sense that in this flashback. Mm-hmm. But it was nice to have, yeah, that immediate answer to that question, at least. Uh, in present day, Sanjo, the dead are approaching in the daylight. Shocked, the men try to relight the signal pyres, but they're waterlogged and won't catch. The men at the front are quickly overtaken, and Young Shen and a group of his men barely make it back onto their rafts. The guard jumps over a stake-filled ditch and manages to make it inside the gate as the dead mindlessly throw themselves onto the poles. A runner makes it to Sanjo's second guard post and warns that the dead are at the other choke point while the prince and Lord An's men are fending off hundreds of the dead. They've filled the ditch and cannons to work on them until they approach faster than the men can reload them. The dead pile up against the wall of the fort and it begins to crack. On the ground, Muyong has killed a bitten soldier, and when he sees that the others are struggling to keep the dead back, he tells the prince that they can no longer fight. They all run as the fort crumbles behind them. Yangshin is stranded on a raft with a few other men, one of whom they push overboard when they see that he's been bitten, and they row upstream to the city. I love this scene. I remember my emotions as I was watching this. It was crazy. I was like, y'all all gonna die. That was intense. <laughs> Because things got out of hand so <laughs> quickly. Like, as soon as they... Yeah, I remember feeling a ton of disappointment. I felt really disappointed in that 
scene, like, it really made me feel so bad for the group because they had such an awesome plan and it all went to hell. But they still had to make do while watching that. Even though it was a good, like, it was a good action sequence. I still felt really bad. Yeah, I thought for sure that uh, Young Shin was going to die. They were on the ground. And remember, they had to push that raft back out. <laughs> and I was like, y'all gonna die. Like, you guys were totally, you had your weapons down. You weren't expecting to be attacked. The prince and his company reached the citadel only to find that the dead have already broken through the second checkpoint and beat them back to the gate. They're hemmed in on both sides, but Lord An says he remembers another passageway into the city. They run through the forest and rejoin Yangshin and his company, who have made it off the rafts, and yet they, when they approach the entrance to the tunnels, the gates are locked. Lord An's guards barely have time to form a barricade before the dead are on them. Muyong breaks the lock, but not before one of Lord An's closest aides is bit and sacrifices himself by wedging his body into the broken tunnel entrance. As the weight of the dead break through their last barricade, the prince and his men watch as Lord An's man is bit multiple times. Only Yangshin stays to offer the guard a merciful death. The prince and his company make it inside the city, but are shaken to their core. That scene broke my heart. That guy, I actually remember him from the previous season. He knew what needed to be done. He had already calculated it, that he was going to be the last person in that tunnel. It kind of reminds me of, um, the way I'm paralleling it's probably not a good way, but like, you know, he's like that helpful advisor. He's the one that you could absolutely trust. Meanwhile, you know... <laughs> You got other people around you, you're like, I'm not sure if I trust them. Mm -hmm. But here's this guy, he's got that wisdom, he already got the experience, and not mm -hmm. to be taken away, it really, it, right. it really, it really kind of upset me. Kind of reminded me of how I felt in, like, The Walking Dead, with the, the older gentleman that ended up dying out in the field. Mm -hmm. He was, like, an advisor to the group, etc. You just yep. want that guiding light, that light at the end of the sun tunnel. And now he's gone. It yeah. was really, they, it was impressive how they staged that. Because mm -hmm. honestly, it was one of those times too, where I was like, is his body even going to hold that gate closed? <laughs> I was like, you did all <laughs> this work and you literally like let yourself be sacrificed. But that, that's so tenuous. Like your body being wedged in there is just so like, you know, how many zombies is it going to take to break you down? Like, I don't know. <laughs> Like, it's one of those, is your sacrifice worth it? I don't know. It's so sad. But yeah, I really, I felt for it. Like, I felt for him. I felt for the the crown prince. I did. Sobe and Bompile climb out of the cave and up the cave wall with the stream, the only thing between them and the snarling dead. Sobe notices that their numbers haven't increased and deduces that they should head up the mountain towards the long-gated pass, Muyong Seje the stronghold of the Cho clan and the five armies. Now, I'm sorry, you guys, if I butcher this name because I know this place exists and I have done my Googles and I have tried to phonetically figure it out and listen to pronunciations of it. But I'm also old. And <laughs> even though I can write it phonetically and I think I've said it correctly, I apologize if I have said it wrong. So please bear with me. This place does exist. It looks beautiful in pictures. And I just don't want to offend anyone who might live there who might hear this. Okay? Thank you. Just outside of the capital, the local magistrate is shown the bodies of three women, one of which had just given birth and whose strangled baby was at her side. 
The guards say that her final words were that the people in her village had killed her and planned to do the same to everyone else there. The village was the Queen's private residence. This is this storyline is so intriguing to me because it is so dark. It's the darkest thing in this series. And we're dealing with zombies. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. Like the idea of, of a queen so desperate that she's willing to kill pregnant women. Like not just take their baby and like call them liars and kick them out. You know what I mean? Exile them. She's killing them. And worse, killing their unborn children if they're not males. Like, that's crazy. Like, we thought that Cho was the crazy one. No, she's the crazy one. <laughs> like, she's insane. And I, yeah, yeah, she is quite insane. Mm -hmm. I don't know so much if it's desperation as it is she's deranged. And I mean, once you are basically raised by a power, I guess I could see that happening. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that you would have no care for the value of life and you would murder women and she should have had just one baby why why does she have so many women why did all these babies die mm -hmm. i guess girls are just more more prevalent that much more prevalent there must be i hate to say this but there must be some miscarriages along the way maybe because there are so many women when we see them there are at least 30 women at that table mm -hmm. are you telling me you've not yeah. had girl you know you've not had male babies before like i don't know we also don't know how quickly she put this plan into action uh i know later on we get an idea of it but um we don't know the timeline exactly right so i wonder if her father was let in on the issue if he would have had a better finesse to it like a better strategy because hers was kind of chaotic you know mm -hmm. hoard all these women kill them all till you get a son <laughs> mm -hmm. well we see later on what her daddy does so i don't want to <laughs> i don't want to spoil people but we're gonna be getting into it i mean honestly you know listeners if you are listening to this you probably have already watched the show but if you've not i don't want to spoil it for you but her daddy does find out um and some some stuff goes down the queen is visiting a shaman when her court informs her that the royal command knows of the dead women. She's confident that it won't matter when she has a son, and the shaman tells her to prepare for the goddess of childbirth to give her, gift her with a prince before the crescent moon. Sobi and Bompile make it to where Chancellor Cho is lying in wait. Cho scolds Bompile for surviving while the prince killed his son and tells Bomb that he's lucky he's now the only Cho clan's remaining male heir. When they ask about Sobi, Bompile says that she's one of Dr. Lee's nurses who saved his life. Of course, Cho is very interested in what she might know as well and accommodates her. Okay, I was terrified for Sobi during this scene because she knows all his shit. Excuse my language. She knows how dangerous he is and how crazy he is. Um, just from seeing everything that he's done to get to the prince. I was certain the jig was up. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And I was, for some reason, certain that Bompile was going to be the reason why she died. Because <laughs> he's just... Oh, totally. Dude, <laughs> you know what? Of all the characters, he's my least. Oh. I, I, favorite? I, he's not even favorite. He did irritate me the entire time. Mm -hmm. So I was like, yeah, he would screw it up for her. Great, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, let's just hope that he's not, you know, astute enough to realize that she knows 
Cho almost personally. You know what I mean? That she is very tight with the prince and that uh, she's an ally to the prince more so than Cho, for sure. At night, Sanjo City cowers in terror. Lord An and the officials go over their rations and find they'll only last for five more days. As Lord An walks back through the city, his aide says that this disease isn't the same one they used as a weapon three years ago. Back then, the reanimated corpse would bite, but not infect, and they didn't rise during the day. The Chancellor has lied and is keeping secrets, but the aide feels that this might be their punishment for what they did to win the war. And yet Lord An says he doesn't regret any of the decisions they made to save the country. Muyong overhears and tells the prince, but he doubts his own guard thinking instead of An's warning that he'd been betrayed. I thought the prince had lost his effing mind at this point. I'm just gonna say it. I did not see where the suspicion of Muyang was coming from at all. I was just like, okay, he's paranoid now, which understandably, but <laughs> Muyang has been your ride or die since the beginning of this. He did not bat an eye. When you told him that you had deliberately intended to to um, uprise against your father. And worse, he left his pregnant wife to stay by your side and at no point had thought about deserting you. So with the information we know, where the hell did this suspicion come from? I was totally <laughs> thrown off. I was. That's like that, that K-drama quality right there where they introduce something random and it's supposed to stick and make sense. Right. But once, once, once uh, the crown prince actually said it, like all that up until that point, all that time, there's no way he wouldn't, like you said, leave his pregnant wife and, you know, be so ride or die, you know, have <laughs> be, be like, you know doing stuff on the side to jeopardize all that mm -hmm. and once the prince said it that's when i just accepted it because i was like i know he would not and accuse him of something like that even mm -hmm. just to test him he right. wouldn't do that yeah you're but right like he i need i needed a little more faith in the prince i guess but i was just like did you lose it what Young? no what <laughs> i felt betrayed <laughs> when he said that i was just like what why would you say that about Young? like he will steal your food sure but he's not gonna like betray you <laughs> right a fire burns down the last of the city's rations and an official comes forward to take the blame claiming that he snuck in to take some rice for his family and accidentally dropped his lamp the prince and Lord An share a, a look as the city loses hope. At Mong Ye Su Je, Sobi and Bompile are studying the resurrection flower. She's certain that she can find a cure and return to Sanjo to save the people. Cho comes upon them and takes the flower. He asks Sobi if she knows what it does, and Bompile confesses that she told him. Cho asks her if she learned of the flower from the prince, but she begs for mercy and admits that she read Dr. Lee's patient journal. When Cho asks if she knows how to use the flower, Sobi recites what she learned and the Chancellor decides to take her to the capital to complete unfinished, quote unquote, work. At, back at Sanjo, the Prince decides to go up north, up the mountain pass to assassinate the Chancellor at his stronghold. Lord An, his guards, Yangshin and Muyang come with him as they exit from the city tunnels and the Prince leads the way, confident that he can rebuild a new world. And that's the end of episode two. I also thought the prince had lost his freaking mind at this point. I'm just going to be honest. I was like, boy, what are you doing? Like, 
you're literally walking into the Cho stronghold. No, nothing. <laughs> all or nothing. Let's go. It was so all or nothing. It was just like immediately on or not all or nothing. I was like, I get that you're sick of this man. He's tried to kill you so many times, but you don't have enough people. You just don't have enough people. Yeah, and I, I guess that was the point because he was like, you know what? I'm not going to let y'all pick off the rest of us right now. You know, and it, it's been happening where they're losing more and more people. Time is of the essence. Let's just go. Let's yeah. just do it. And if we die, we die. Yeah. But at least we gave it our all. That was crazy, though. It was fun to see. It was beautiful <laughs> to watch. It was. Because they, they were all like crouching tiger, hidden dragon, you know? Exactly. <laughs> They look badass. They were like, let's get this done. And I was like, yes, because I hate that mofo. Yes. Get rid of him. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Now, about Sylvie, though. So, like, I feel like for like the longest, I kept wondering, like, how much does she really know? Mm -hmm. And then she's in front of uh, the counselor or the chancellor, Mm -hmm. and she's like this is what i know and i'm like how'd you get all that because it was a mystery at first Mm -hmm. and then y'all happen to find where it grows and you're figuring things out on your own but Mm -hmm. how do you become like the um like the guru on this plant now i Mm -hmm. felt like that was a little weak like figure this all out and i'm like but how much can you really figure out when you really don't have that much experience and don't know they just made it seem like she could crack this like a cipher I was like, I don't know about that. Yeah, I mean, Sobe, her intelligence is crazy in this series, and I absolutely love it, because she's the smartest person in the show. Um, but once she said she'd read the journal, I was like, oh, okay. Like, I that that's another yeah, thing. Okay. <laughs> that's where I was like, okay, well, if you've read the journal um then you're gonna know you're gonna know more than pretty much everybody else in the show who's still alive about this disease okay i i took it by by her just saying that but if she hadn't said that i would have but i also was more afraid that bomb Paul again was going to going to give her up in some sort of way and, and like let cho know how close she would had been to the prince because bomb Powell was just quick to be like oh yeah she told me all this and i'm like he just oh he's so he lacks so much tact like he does <laughs> oh man he just he just spouts I mean, off he just got to where he was for being a part of the chokeland mm-hmm. so i'm like yeah i guess you wouldn't know how to really finesse the situation on her behalf mm-hmm. but I don't know. I guess if you read someone's notes, that's enough to get you there. Right. But you know how people's notes be. You'd be like, what the fuck is this? What, what does this mean? And he's dead. You can't ask him. And he's a, he's a doctor, too. So, you know, she couldn't actually read that mess. <laughs> that's true. You're probably looking hardcore at those, dark diagrams, those diagrams. For real. <laughs> the petals and the stem right I get it <laughs> like she's the only one that could have read that because yep. you know her being a nurse she's worked <laughs> with him personally if it had been anybody else although the prince read the notes supposedly we saw him reading the the journal as well right but how much did he get from it i don't know did he have to then just go to Sobe and be like uh explain this <laughs> yeah, it could, it could be that way <laughs> <laughs> what does this mean all right let's move to episode two Sobi is with the five armies at Muyang Soje, studying the flower when she hears snarling coming from a passing crate. She follows it to the Cho residence and sneaks inside. 
Outside the gates, the prince and his company scale the tall walls and creep into the camp, killing some of the soldiers along the way. Lord An and Young Shin meet up and find it very strange how few men are in the keep. The prince and Mu Yang advances to the Cho residence, and just as Sobi finds an empty crate with empty leg irons, the prince is locked inside the Cho stronghold with his dead father. Girl, I was screaming. I was screaming. <laughs> I, I remember specifically, I was just like, we're dead. They knew we were coming. He's in there with his daddy. If he kills him, he's, he's screwed. If he doesn't kill him, he's dead. I know, yeah. I was losing it. I was like, I don't even know if I want to see this. I think I actually did pause it at one point because I was just, the stress was getting to me. Oh man, it was, it was great. It was beautiful. The, the, just the setup was so awesome because I was not expecting this, but oh. Oh, you weren't? I figured that would be one of their things, totally. Like, I if he showed up, first thing they're going to do. Because uh-huh. it's the best opportunity to blame him for killing the king and taking over. Right. So I was like, oh, shit. They're going to blame that on him. They're going to set him up. Mm-hmm. But what I didn't want, that they still did, but they did it very well. Yeah. Is the whole, no, not my father. I can't kill my father. I love my father. Yes. I'm like, I get that, but daddy's a zombie right now. And <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that ain't your daddy no more. Or die, man. <laughs> That ain't been your daddy for a long time, okay? That's true. Yup, yup. All those fun memories, hon. You gotta remember that, because this ain't really your dad. This Mm-mm. is a fucking zombie. Right oh, man. <laughs> uh, Lord An runs right into the same trap, and soldiers surround the crew while the prince barely fends off the king. Lord An doesn't betray the prince. He tells the soldiers about what the chancellor did to the king, and when the lord passes by Cho to get to the prince, the soldiers hesitate to shoot him. Cho kills the gunman who hesitated, and the next one does not. He opens fire, and seconds later, Cho orders all the soldiers to fire on Lord An, who takes several bullets but manages to stay on his feet and open the barred door. On the other side is the dead king, whose head rolls off to reveal the prince in shock behind him. A dying Lord An drags himself to the prince's side and tells him that none of this was his fault and he is now the rightful king. He whispers something to him and dies in his arms. Brilliant. I was upset and crying and scared and also mad because of course he had to kill his daddy and he just fell off. When when that soldier hesitated to shoot An, I was like, maybe we've got something going on here. But then of course Cho kills his ass. <laughs> And I was like, y'all gonna have to kill him. Like, I was just like... Yeah, that was some good reinforcement right there. <laughs> like, if you didn't know, now you know. You better kill him. <laughs> He's like, I'm not... Did I stutter? I'm not kidding. <laughs> he didn't even reprimand him. He was just like, oh, okay, you're gonna die. Like, <laughs> you are not messing up my plan with your loyalty. <laughs> Oh man, but poor on, poor on man. He went out. He went out a G though, man. Oh yeah, yeah. When he took those bullets in he his did. back, and he could still pull himself up in there and talk to the prince, I was like, "You got like six bullets in your back, man!" Like, yeah, he was hardcore. He was. Mm-hmm. He knew what to do. He knew he was gonna die. So was it kind of one of those things where, um, sure, it was like reassuring the prince that yes, you're the rightful heir. Mm-hmm. But what, what do you, what do you say? It not um, consolate. His father had passed, but he just needed kind of that father figure to reassure him mm-hmm. that you know that had happened. But this is, you know, this is still good. Keep going. Right, right. 
Because I can't imagine what kind of blow they were trying to do something like that. Yeah, bring him back from the brink. Like, you know, I'm still here. I'm still on your side. You think you killed your father, but you didn't. You're still the rightful heir. You did not commit treason. Yeah. They got some beautiful setups in here. <laughs> like they sometimes do. you can see went so well mm-hmm. that it doesn't matter that you've seen something like it before. It's the fact that they executed it so well. And and I love the fact that we didn't know what he whispered to him. Uh Cho's eyes are dancing with glee as he approaches the gruesome scene, and because he's an asshole. He screams for the king and wraps his head neatly before he commands that the prince and his company be arrested for high treason. This guy, telling you, he really, this is when the prince really should have just killed him. Because what, you know, I mean, after you kill him at this point, all you would have had to do was convince the gunman not to kill you. And if you die, you die. You know what I mean? But I would have tried. I would just want him dead so badly at that point that nothing would be able to stop me. Back at the Capitol, the Royal Command is investigating the woman's death at the Queen's residence. On the way, they pass a group of three carriages on the road. And when they find blood in one of the houses, the Royal Guards head back to stop the transport. Inside of the carriages, they find seven dead women with strangled babies. Just awful. That's just awful. Only a boy child looks like he was stillborn and unharmed. The head guard puts it together quickly that whoever murdered the women was looking for a son. Then they hear the horn that signals the death of the king. The officials read the letter that the chancellor wrote, fabricating a story that the ailing king came to, f- to help fight the advance of the disease in Monyang Soje, when the prince used the chaos to murder his father. The palace mourns. Okay, these were the two parts that my nitpicky little butt was kind of like, mm, okay. One was the soldier, the the royal commander, putting together that a son was needed. Granted, there was that stillborn boy boy child, but there was still so little information involved there. I don't know how he determined that a boy child was what they were looking for, because there was a boy child there. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I could see if there were no girls. I hear what you're saying. And I also don't know how they determined if that child was stillborn. Almost like you got like Sherlock Holmes over there or like Judge D <laughs> and they're just so fucking smart that right. they're like you know what this one <laughs> for me <laughs> right I wish maybe we'd seen the royal commander before all this so we would have known that he was the Sherlock Holmes that we needed in our lives he was the one who was more adept at everything else but in the previous season we had a whole effing town who was driving me crazy by the way a whole effing town who didn't want to believe that the dead could come back to life and had to see it and be bit by them in order to believe it. Remember? (laughs) Remember those two episodes that were the most frustrating thing on TV? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to see, like, super smart royal commander, I was like, look, you, your boss, you're great, but how do you know this? How are you certain of this, bro? Like, okay, fine. I'm, I'm, if it gets you closer to the truth, because somebody needs to know the truth, I'm there. Fine. But I'm gonna take that plot hole (laughs) and and put a cupcake in it because (laughs) it's a plot hole. It's a little plot hole, but it's a plot hole. Okay. And then the next thing, um, was this dumbass letter that Chancellor Cho wrote that these men, these other counselors just lapped up. Who gonna, who is going to believe that the king who has been ill this whole time at this point it's been like a month of him being ill and nobody seeing him and people thinking he's dead why would chancellor cho take the king who had already run to the queen's residence remember take him way out 
to a, a keep out in the middle of nowhere so that he could fight his son. <laughs> I was like, y'all believe in this? What? Like, it, it was so it's incongruent. Source. So if you, basically, if you want to live. True. You got, yeah, that's the biggest point. But just, why did Cho even bother to write the dumbass letter then? If he just going, <laughs> if he's just going to roll up and be like, this was the truth. Because he did the paper trail. He did the paper trail, okay? Like. <laughs> it was just awful. I was like, this letter. <laughs> so the one thing that I could appreciate, even though, you know, it seemed really stupid that you've got this king that's been ill for so long mm-hmm. and suddenly the son comes around and kills him in a whole different place you know as you were saying you know moving this person that's very ill around doesn't make any sense Mm -hmm. and then um writing that letter i appreciated the strategy behind it (laughs) not so much his very weak lie Mm -hmm. but the strategy you know writing that freaking letter you're (laughs) you know you're you're keeping this king that's supposedly sick and you're feeding these lies in different ways, like pre- propaganda, mm-hmm. so that you can definitely. Like I appreciate the strategy, but this weak ass lie got me kind of heated. Like <laughs> it did, it did. And the chancellors were just like, "Oh yeah, that's what happened." I was like, "Y'all dumb. Well, Why well, y'all so dumb?" And then I like, think I'm my job. <laughs> I'm great at my job. This is all, I was like, y'all, and especially the fact that this scene came right after Sherlock Holmes, you know, Mm -hmm. like we've got a royal commander who is not a counselor, by the way, not a member of any kind of royal court who put this together so quickly and figured it out. And then we got the royal court guiding lights of the king and the prince, supposedly, right? Of the royal family who just lap this lie up with gusto who just want to believe it so bad i was like y'all oh my god oh it hurt me it hurt me back at the mountain pass the royal guards prepare the king's body for transport and decide to honor lord on by respectfully laying him to rest at the palace the officials argue about the vacant throne and the head eunuch conveniently announces that the queen is in labor the official who was privy to the investigation at the queen's residence is growing even more suspicious and pushes the royal command to keep looking in secret. Sobi is given a pass by Bompal to give medical aid to the prince, who writes something in water on the ground. She returns to the magistrate looking shocked. I love this. I had no idea what was going on, but I loved it. I loved it. In prison, Yangshin and Lord An's men conspire to break out just before they head to Hanyang. The group is successful, killing their guards and charging the base. Yangshin almost kills Cho, but one of his guards blocks the shot. Unfortunately, they're outnumbered and subdued quickly. Um, as soon as I saw Youngshin in prison, I was like, oh, he getting out. <laughs> like, I will never get over Youngshin just like throwing himself at, at the bars and getting out. I was like, oh, that's how that works. <laughs> it is bamboo, but okay, you, you real certain that gonna break, huh? Dude's wily like a fox. The bound prince arrives when they hear a growl from deep in the camp. The dead Lord An has been infected and attacks the guards who open fire on him for the second time. We learn what the final words of the dying Lord An were to the prince. That the only way to prove to the soldiers what happened to the king was to use his body and deliberately infect him. The prince then asked Sobi to use the resurrection flower to do just that. The resurrected Lord An emerges from the shower of bullets, pushes past Cho's guards, and bites the chancellor in the face. 
taking a hard-earned chunk mm. out of his cheek. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Oh, God. Ah, oh, I was so happy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, this is episode two. <laughs> we got four more episodes. Y'all can't kill Cho right away. Although I was enjoying the hell out of it. <laughs> but I was like, <laughs> moments like this is why I love K-dramas. For real. It was so dramatic. It was such a left turn twist. I truly was not expecting it. I, now, thinking about it, it was highly predictable, yes. But I really wasn't expecting that Lord An would tell the prince to do this. Would give his his okay, you know? That it was a strategy. It wasn't just an accident. It was great. And I I love that. I love that too. Because mm-hmm. he was also ride or die. He was just a, amazing. So mm-hmm. I was like, he would think of something like this mm-hmm. to help the prince even in death. I was like, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. He was so passionate about making sure this prince gets in there. Mm-hmm. I loved it. And then the visual of... Um that flag that he had attached to him somehow. I'm, I'm sure Sobe did it. Um, and his long flowing hair, his hair was down and he was just mm-hmm. running. He looked like, he didn't look like a general anymore. He didn't look like a Lord. He looked like one of the people. And it was almost like a direct mm-hmm. metaphor. The idea of you can't, you'll never win when you're fighting against the people. Mm, so, yeah. I, I love that yeah. visual. So now episode three. In beautiful slow motion reverse, we open on the attack of the invading Japanese forces by the dead during the war three years ago. Chancellor Cho tells Lord An about the flower, who doubts the plant's ability and wonders if the Chancellor is telling him this so that they can resurrect his own troops. But the Chancellor tells him that the plant won't work if the bodies are rotting and he isn't willing to kill his own troops. Cho suggests that they use the sick people of Yongshin's village, Sumong. In his opinion, they serve no purpose and would die soon anyway. An opposes the idea. It is their job to protect the same people Cho wants to indiscriminately murder. But the Chancellor shows him a dead man that An can't kill and argues that his hometown is at risk. All they need to do is turn a blind eye just once for the sake of the kingdom. The sick people of Sumang are then rounded up and murdered by Lord An's men, and in the hidden tunnel of Sanjo, their bodies are sacrificed for the invasion. The Japanese forces are slaughtered at night, and come morning, Lord An vows that the villagers' sacrifice wouldn't be in vain. Yeah, this was a lot. It was. Yeah, you're right. They kind of just threw that in there, too. Mm-hmm. Like, we knew that there was a mystery behind that village mm-hmm. right because mm-hmm. um you've got uh young mm-hmm. like living or his family there mm-hmm. so i was like i was waiting for the reveal but just how deep it was i was like well well damn that's a lot to follow up with though yeah <laughs> like it it really was a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> but this was the only time that they could tell this story because after this it's irrelevant you know what i mean like this right. this explains right. why Lord An sacrificed himself the way he did because he did have some things mm-hmm. to atone for. We understand that he didn't have any regrets. He said he didn't yeah, have any regrets, yeah. but clearly he did a lot of people wrong. It's just because they had leprosy doesn't mean that they're useless and that they can just die 
it just goes to show you going back to what we were talking about in the previous episode of when you treat the people like they don't matter, they're going, you're, that's going to be your downfall. And Lord on knew that. And so the fact that he is now essentially, you know, coming back from the dead to uh, get a reckoning for these people, this was the only time that this story could be told in my opinion, because it gives weight to what he did. It gives weight to his sacrifice. And it, and in a way, it kind of honors those people that he, he dishonored by killing them indiscriminately. I agree. Um, because the opportunity was perfect to explain that. Mm-hmm. I'm still kind of... It, it kind of took my breath away because it was so much more than I thought and more interconnected than I thought. Yet the flashback, although it gave some light to the situation mm-hmm. was still short. Yeah. I was like, dang. So he did all that. And that's how, um, that's how young. A lot here to kind of unpack, but unfortunately we just got that short, you know, explanation that those short scenes mm-hmm. and then we move forward. <laughs> but how beautiful were they? Like we were talking about that, 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 they that, were flashback was probably one of the best scenes like these two episodes are probably two of the best um filmed episodes in the series so far i think yeah yeah because of you know all the action sequences and the the fight and the attention to detail yeah that too true yeah in the present we see the magnificent replay of the reanimated on biting into the cheek of chancellor cho cho's commander who'd already sliced a dead man once stabs him from behind and we see that he won't fall the prince grabs one of the guard's swords and beheads Lord An in front of everyone, telling the stunned soldiers that this is the only way to kill the dead. He tells them just like Cho brought the king back to life after he died, Sobi did the same to Lord An. Sobi confirms everything and one of Lord An's men had kept Dr. Lee's journal and shows it to the commander. The prince tells the soldiers that he's innocent of treason and only wants to punish the Cho clan for attempting to destroy the nation and deliberately starving the people. He says the people need to rise up and do what's right. Uh, this was brilliant, but as I was replaying this in my head, did the prince lie a wee bit? Did he lie? Because so? Like, what areas did you think he was lying? Because he tells them... That he's innocent of treason and only wants to punish the Cho clan for attempting to destroy the nation and deliberately starving the people. Now, while it is true that the Cho clan was on that, on that BS, okay, they were starving people, um, you know, Cho was doing nothing good in advising the king. The nation was in disrepair, okay? But the prince was treasonous. He was- Yeah, you're right. I guess they're using treason a little bit loosely because mm-hmm. it sounds more like treason is negative. You just want the crown, but he's actually trying to do it on behalf of the people. Right. Like he actually cares for the country. So mm-hmm. that's not treason. Although the action he did do by signing those documents was treason. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in that moment to word choice is everything, right? Like this is his JFK moment. He can't, he can't be like, well, I did it, but I didn't do it. <laughs> like, 
You gotta get straight to <laughs> the point. I did it for y'all. I did it for you. <laughs> I did it for all of you. Like, no, 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 no. Uh, this was a really good moment for him because I feel like he hadn't really thought about being the king before. Clearly, he, he did what he did for the best thing for the people. I don't think he'd had a kingly moment where he'd come into himself really until here because, yeah, going back to the first season when he was leading the people to the clinic there was a moment where we finally saw him come into his own as a leader but I think him addressing these soldiers in particular not just the people I think now we really see that he's a king like he he can make the hard choices especially in beheading Lord on by the way because that had to have been very difficult but he'd also just killed his father so he's making really hard choices I was say, he's a little jaded now. yeah right <laughs> he's he's already pressed that red button a couple times and uh he can handle it Sanju is still under attack from the dead the prince and the commander devise a plan to get back into the city with provisions for the people under the cover of cannon fire Lord An's men are successful and the people of Sanju are assured that they'll continue to get food through the secret tunnel. Uh, I love this because I was really thinking that those people were just a lost cause. <laughs> it was, it happened quickly um, and it really wasn't that important to the story, but those folks were totally screwed. So I was glad that we at least saw some, um, some wrap up from them, what they were going to do, even though it was just a band-aid to the major problem. Back at the base, Chancellor Cho hasn't turned. Sylvie is treating the wound on his face and says that he still lives, even though he's unconscious and his temperature continues to drop. She explains that not everyone bitten has turned, like Dr. Lee's aide, Donnie, who was bit by the king. The disease only changed and infected people once Donnie's dead flesh was eaten. She expects that Cho will linger and die since he was bitten by someone treated directly with the flower rather than infected. Bompal asks that she save his uncle's life and the good-hearted Sobi says she wants to cure him in order to find a solution to the plague. Bless Sobi because I would have straight up been like, brah, I know. we should just kill him now. <laughs> get it over like, with i mean one hand she she can get this information and know what to do in the future on the other hand you got this evil dude mm -hmm. like just uh, but yeah she does have a pure heart that's also something that was very hard for me to accept because mm -hmm. for as intelligence as, as intelligent as she is she really does make some moves and I'm like, no, nah, girl, no, this is time to get ruthless. <laughs> right? Like, come on now. But I, I, in my head, I also saw her as kind of like an evil scientist, you know, because she is using him oh, as a yeah, lab rat. I don't realize. Right. <laughs> I was like, you could just put him out of his misery right oh, now. Oh, got all this knowledge now. Science. <laughs> right. You're talking about he gonna linger and die. I'm like, who's... Who's the meaner one right now? You willing to let him linger and die? I'm saying to just kill him now. <laughs> yeah, so she she is good hearted though. She you could tell she wasn't, especially with Bomb Paul up in her face talking about save him. I was like, bro, no. shut up. Like, leave the room. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. If y'all just said she did turn to do something like that, said something like that. <laughs> like, yeah. So be yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she told you to leave the room. You gonna do it too. 
Bon Pao gives her a root that he's been holding onto for the queen, wondering if it could help Cho. It can't, but Sobi deduces that a root f used for gynecological needs every month is suspicious, and is about to examine it when they're taken. The prince returns to the base to find Cho, Sobi, and Bon Pao gone, with the guards overseeing them killed. He's told that Mu Yong, of all people, has taken Cho, and we see the trio fleeing by horse. I did not want to believe it until we saw Mu Yong. I did not believe it. <laughs> I was like, are we sure this isn't more of the Cho clan? Like, clearly he's got people everywhere who are willing to help him. Like, what? No, it's not Mu Yong. And then I saw it and I was like, oh, my heart. <laughs> yeah. That root was the best, yeah, though. The that came out of nowhere. I feel like this whole root thing that Bon Paul, it, it's a bit of a plot hole. But I'll take it because it's the evidence that we needed to prove that the queen had done everything she'd done. Because she could kill everybody and walk away free, scot-free in this. Yeah, she wouldn't have a baby, but there's even an excuse for that, you know? This root, that's the nail in the coffin. That's true. Like, more people needed to know. Mm -hmm. I was glad that they introduced me as a viewer. I was like, I already know everything I need to know about this situation. Mm -hmm. I know she's lying. I know it. But mm -hmm. I was glad that other people were catching on. Mm -hmm. uh, we learned that Mu Yong had been promised safety for his pregnant wife by Commander Cho before the prince had even left Hanyang. Now he plans to return to the capital with Cho and incite war. Only she has no idea he was feeding right into their plans to steal a boy child for the queen. The prince and Yangshin quickly decide to catch up to Mu Yong using the shortest route possible. In the capital, the queen is in quote-unquote labor, and an official uses the opportunity to sow doubt about why mm. Cho would take the king from the palace when he is so ill. Quote-unquote ill. <laughs> the royal command is torturing a court lady who was at the queen's resident about who ordered the killings of the pregnant women and newborn children. She isn't talking, but another guard tells the royal command that there were six carriages removed from the queen's home the night of the investigation. They only caught three. We see that one contains Mu Yong's wife. The investigators come to the palace where they find the three missing carriages and are told by the queen's lady that they contained wet nurses. The royal command asks the court lady to step aside and sees only the nurses when he enters. This is a lot, but it shows us, number one, that the queen's ladies are effing crazy. That one is, she's being tortured. Like, when they stuck those bamboo sticks under her nails, you don't, the fact that she was not lying. So, the thing is, though, so I didn't understand where the loyalty came from. Because they showed before this moment mm -hmm. just how ruthless the queen could be mm -hmm. when her servants were kind of talking about, you know. So I'm like, where does the loyalty come from? I didn't think that servants had that much loyalty for their boss. And I didn't get the torture. I mm -hmm. didn't, I, I mean, I didn't get the loyalty enough to be tortured to that extent. Mm -hmm. I really expected her to give in and not be so, like, you know, ready to die for this crazy right. <laughs> crazy queen. <laughs> what did she get out of this? Because she's dead. Like, either way, she's dead at this point. Mm -mm. She was crazy. She was, that was too much. We also learn that we missed a whole bunch of carriages leaving the queen's residence i was upset i was like wait that was a whole bunch of how did how did they must have sent them in waves or something i don't know because i thought we saw everything you know when we saw those carriages but 
I was wondering where they the rest of the women were, but man, oh man, she is the queen is slick. Her people are crazy. Um, he's arrested, and the court officials berate him for entering where the king can't go. The lord who asked the royal commander to investigate looks on in silent dismay. The queen chuckles when she learns about the arrest and assumes the investigation is over. The pregnant women are back at her estate and they're accepting news of a child soon. Wuyang stops when Sophie tells him that Chancellor Cho's condition is worsening. They stop at a house in the forest and while Sobi leaves to get water, Cho mutters something to Bom Pao. The magistrate is gone when Sobi returns. The prince and Yangshin are right behind them and see that the carriage has left the road. Yangshin asks the prince why he kept Muyang alive when he knew that he'd been betrayed. And the prince says that he didn't want to lose anyone else. He wanted to be able to trust his personal guard. Again, Yangshin asked him that and I was like, look, because I didn't know. Like, <laughs> I feel like if the prince had just turned on Muyang and sliced him down, the audience, at least some of the audience members, namely me, would have been like, what are you doing? Like, until we saw it, oh, totally. I didn't mm -hmm. I didn't want to believe it. Yeah, I, I was also certain that when Cho muttered whatever to Bon Pao, when Sobi left, Cho, Cho would have been gone. But I was like, girl, you don't know the first thing about being a guard. <laughs> <laughs> you need to guard to guard, okay? <laughs> In the forest, Sobi sees through the lie that Muyang told her, that the prince had asked them to leave and would be joining them soon. She implores the guard to rethink his decision to betray him, but when he pushes that they must leave, Sobi reveals the rare and expensive Japanese root called sapin wood that Bonpal had been acquiring for the queen. She tells Muyang that the root is very strong, and specifically for the removal of blood clots when women miscarry or postpartum care. Pregnant women shouldn't be using it at all. But if it's true that the queen has been using sappinwood, then they must let the prince know and figure out the truth. Muyang finally puts it all together when he remembers the other pregnant women he saw at the queen's residence when he dropped off his wife. When he sees that Chancellor Cho has woken up, Muyang asks him why the queen was harboring pregnant women at her residence. But before Cho can answer him, they're attacked by Cho's men. Muyang fights fiercely but is outnumbered and taken down while Cho's men, summoned by Bom Pao, take the chancellor. Sobi wants to stay with the dying Muyang, but he tells her to go and figure out what the queen was up to no matter what. At the queen's residence, his wife is giving birth. Somehow Muyang drags himself through the forest and is found by the prince. He apologizes for his betrayal and tells the prince about the possible plot and that his family is there. He tells them that Sobi knows everything and dies just as his son is born. And that's the end of episode three. This was heartbreaking, but also very satisfying because while there was a lot of exposition, all of the characters were doing what they were supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Muyang had gotten the information that only Muyang could tell to the prince because we knew that Sobi was going to be captured eventually um, again. But mm -hmm. the fact that Muyang already knew all the information and the fact that we saw Cho's reaction to the information... So we knew that he didn't know and the prince gets the information, has, has, you know, knows everything. It's not a big reveal. He's not walking into a situation that he has no idea about because frankly, until then he had no idea, right? It was, it was satisfying to see uh, that they weren't holding back any more secrets just for the dramatic effect of it. And I really, I really love this, 
this the whole ending. It was very strong. Yeah, I'm like, I'm trying to think um, how I felt about it during that time. I guess I was hoping for the drama that would occur now that Cho knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. So I think I was just really looking forward to how that was going to go down, if, mm-hmm. you know, if he survives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The fact that he was holding on really annoyed me. <laughs> that did, yeah, that annoyed me too. I was like, can't you just die? Because he was struggling, I was like, mm. <laughs> I know, just go ahead. Let it succumb. Right. Succumb to Succumb you. to it. Probably time. I know you're tired. All right. Opening on episode four. We open in the prince's memories when he's caught Muyong stealing snacks from his table. Muyong explains that they're for his pregnant wife, and the prince says that he can continue to take them as long as the guard promises that he'll stay by his side. The prince cradles Muyong's dead body in the forest and is urged to leave in order to catch up to Cho, who has made it to a house in Hanyang. Yeah. yeah to see the prince sob. He didn't really, we didn't even really see him sob when he killed his father. Um, cause he'd already kind of said goodbye to him. Right. But he, he reacted to this in a way that we hadn't I seen. So. I think he realized. Yeah. Yeah. That was heartbreaking. And young Shim, like kind of just standing there in the forest, like, I gotta look away. This is awkward. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, originally enough in this moment, I was like, oh, I really can trust the crown prince that he would do what's right for the people. Mm-hmm. Cause he, he loved this person so much. Mm-hmm. Moo Young trying to raise a family, has a lovely wife, was doing everything he could to protect his, his wife who's pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, the fact that he can be so down to earth and understanding and then really, really sob over basically his friends. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this is truly, truly a good guy. Yeah. Sobi and Bompal are watching the Chancellor's health decline rapidly, and the nurse wonders if the same things that repel the infected dead can work to heal Cho. With Bompal's help, they submerge Cho in water and Sobi pushes Cho's head under when it feels like they get little reaction. Cho begins to twitch and Bompal panics until they see a few worms leak from Cho's wound and die in the water. Totally gross, but awesome. <laughs> uh, the bells ring from the Queen's Palace that a baby boy is born and the officials go there to congratulate her. As the sun rises, the prince and his company race to the queen's residence, where they find men disposing of the pregnant women's bodies and attempting to kill Muyong's wife, who had just given birth. Talk about traumatic. This poor woman. Like, she don't even know her husband is dead. My goodness. When they came across all those women that they had just slit their throats and they were throwing them in a mass grave, I was like, this is so dark. This is just horrible and they were pregnant women so i was like y'all my god they they couldn't they couldn't deny what they were doing because the prince saw everything (laughs) like it's morning at the palace and finally one of the officials tells the others about the murders at the queen's residence they're all pregnant women he says and the babies murdered were all girls one of the officials wants him to be direct is he accusing the queen of bringing in a peasant's child to replace the prince But the official just states the facts. There were seven women and infant girls killed at the Queen's Palace. And as of now, no one knows why or who did it, only they were looking for a baby boy. The officials argue until a newly recovered Chancellor Cho arrives asking for evidence. He says that not only should the royal commander be killed for barging into the Queen's birthing office, but the commander and soldiers at Muyong Soje 
should also be killed for siding with the prince. When an official asks why, he says the reasons never matter and that anyone against them should face justice as quickly as possible to restore order, along with their entire families. When one official ob objects, Cho's guards threaten him, and later those same guards go to the houses of the soldiers and parade them and their families through the street as traitors. <sighs> Cho is... He is just the ultimate villain. He gonna kill you. He gonna kill your family. He gonna kill yeah. your family's family. And don't ask why. Yeah. He needs evidence, but you don't need evidence. <laughs> I feel so slow to 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 move. Because mm -hmm. I'm like, I thought there was some treason happening before all this drama. Right. And now they're like, well, we're not entirely sure if that's what was happening. Mm -hmm. I mean, we know there's some dead bodies, but I'm like, why were they so slow to act? They mm -hmm. they have a great opportunity to, you know, finish their tyranny, their, their treason. <laughs> and yet, I don't know, out of desperation, they're like, you know what, F this. I'm going to just, you know, drag my feet and mm -hmm. hopefully survive. Right. Right. And, and these chancellors, these counselors, chancellors, same one and the same, I think, they're so invested in saving themselves over at the expense of everybody else. It's, ugh, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. But at the same time, they get, they get what's coming to them. So Bompal and Sobi watch the procession and the nurse is upset, knowing that none of these people are to blame for what Cho did. Youngshin, in disguise, catches her eye and she follows him away from Bompal, where he takes her to a deserted institution where Muyang's wife lay ill. <laughs> the prince is there and Sobi can finally tell him that the worm's larva is attached to the leaves of the resurrection flower. The worm infects the host and makes them into monsters. Cho was healed because she was able to disinfect the wound and kill the worm, but a cure for the rest of the infected is still a way off. The prince asks Sobi for one more thing, and she approaches Bonpal to ask Cho if she can be the queen's physician. At this point, I think Sobi is all in. I think the last of her innocence that we were talking about is gone, unfortunately. Think so? I don't think she's hard. I don't think she ever will be. But I think when she sees somebody that she's gone to such lengths to save, like Cho, learn absolutely nothing from his experience and kill women and children right after he almost died. I think that's when she just kind of hardened her heart enough to be like, okay, they're, they're definite bad guys and they're definite good guys. And I'm willing to do whatever I can for the good guys, because that's a very yeah. dangerous situation to ask Bon Pal to make her the queen's physician. She then approaches Cho, you know, she knows that Cho would trust her enough because she saved his life even though she also knows that he's effing crazy. Yeah, I mean, when I think of someone hardening their heart, though, mm -hmm. I think of them doing something to, like, set them up or, you mm -hmm. know. Even mm -hmm. to the end, I didn't really get that much from her. Mm -hmm. I, I got that she, I, I agree with wanting to do all that she can for good, because mm -hmm. she, she really doesn't do that, and it irritates me. <laughs> but still, <laughs> she stayed in character till the end. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, I think getting closer to the queen, though, just leads to what happens in the end. So her trying to do all the good that she can, mm -hmm. you know, that's in her um, ability. So, I was like, okay. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't say uh, harden her heart. She wrote him off. She finally wrote Cho off. You know, he's a bad seed. There's nothing you can do for him. 
Yeah. But if he was to get infected again, I kind of wonder, would, would she cure him? Uh, I don't think she would. I personally don't think she would have. I don't know. Yeah, I kind of think she would. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, God damn it. I guess I'll help you again because it's so freaking. <laughs> this time I'm going to let you linger longer, though. <laughs> I'll let you agonize a bit longer. So wait, can we talk about the the larva? Oh yes, <laughs> I'm plant. sorry. The most important part, the actual science behind this. So is it just me, or is this freaking flower convoluted? Like <laughs> the the abilities it has, you can you know turn if you take it this way, mm-hmm. or not turn it for long if you take it that way. Mm-hmm. And it's not so much the flower; it's the larva. It's the larva, and then it's right. the worms. I'm like, it's it's a lot. It's the parasite that's on the flower. That's right. particular to that flower, not the actual flower itself. And so this goes back to the notes. Wouldn't that be in the notes? <laughs> no, I don't think I don't think the doctor had gotten that far. I don't think the no. doctor knew this. I think she knew it once she actually got her hands on the flower itself. But see, now they're actually introducing the idea of science. And <laughs> it makes me wonder, does every flower... Does every resurrection flower have this parasite on it? Because what happens if you eat this resurrection flower and it doesn't have this larva on it? Are you fine? Do you live forever? I mean, that's what I'm assuming. I'm I'm assuming it's just called a resurrection flower because, you know, it has the larva on it. But Mm -hmm. if it didn't have the larva, it wouldn't be anything. That's what I'm assuming. Right. But using the salad flower, it's just. It's like a, a freaking workflow. Like, if you do it like this, then, you know, this happens. Or if you do it like that, then this happens. But if you... <laughs> I'm like, it's, it's a bit much. Mm-hmm. And then the fact that it was just out there. Everyone had a hard time finding this thing. But they just happened across it, like, in one episode. I was like, mm. Well, what I, what I did like about that was that the townspeople had cordoned it off. They were like, you know, hey, don't nobody go to this mountain pass because something had already happened with these flowers, clearly. That knowledge just didn't get to the rest of the populace. That, that's what that's what kind of irks me about it. Mm-hmm. Like, clearly, there's a group of people that knew this flower very well. Mm-hmm. But even when, um, who was it that was going into town asking about it? They're like, I don't know what you're talking about. Right. <laughs> In multiple villages, too. In multiple villages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. It also makes me wonder, too, you know, shamans aren't, are usually, from what, what I've been shown in K-drama, so I don't know historically, okay? But shamans are one of those almost uh, religious elements that people ask them a lot of questions, but they don't get a lot of answers. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I feel like maybe it was something that only shamans or medicine people in each village knew about. And therefore the secret could be kept safe because a lot of people aren't going to ask those kind of questions. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's a good take. Cho comes to see the queen and new prince with Sobi. The queen asks him about the soldiers he plans to kill. And Cho admits that they're a lure for the prince. He says that he's worried about her health after having her child and orders Sobi to take her pulse. The queen objects, but Cho grabs Sobi and drops her at his daughter's side, telling her that if she has nothing to hide, then she'll allow it. Once she does, Sobi fearfully reports that there is no rough pulse. The queen did not give birth. 
Cho asked when his daughter could have planned this, and we see the past, when the queen lost her child. Her brother, Commander Cho, teases her about how hard it could be to conceive, but the queen contests that the king is over 50 and insinuates a false pregnancy. Her brother says just the thought is treason and she should focus on staying healthy, but his sister says that working out a way to steal a child wouldn't be difficult if everyone involved is sworn to secrecy, including keeping the truth a secret from their father, who would never accept a child who isn't blood. This flashback, it had me wondering how close these two were. And I think I texted you about it when I first saw it because they had some weird back and forth about her getting pregnant by someone else and him being really cruel to her because she's just lost a child, to be fair. But him being really cruel to her about how hard it could be to have, to keep a baby. And then her insinuating, I believe, about someone else impregnating her and this could be a, a translation issue I don't know but I almost got the impression that she was willing to go so far as to uh to kind of implicate her brother in this for the lack of a, of a more a less crass term I don't know oh my god ew you know <laughs> I, it I was didn't even catch that it was a I weird didn't catch that there was no love like the I mean, Cho clan they were so messed up mm -hmm. <laughs> that there was no love not even in that room while they were plotting. Mm -hmm. No love. <laughs> and maybe that's what I was, that's what I was God. missing. Maybe it went right over my head because I was just like, wait, did she just, I don't know if she was, you know, trying to, you know, talk about how virile he was in almost like a hit or miss kind of way to, to, you know, make that a metaphor. They were just, both of them were just so cruel to each other that it was almost disgusting. Like it was almost nasty, you know, like, yeah. I was almost, I was just wondering, like, you guys either are secretly on the download doing something really gross, or <laughs> you guys could just split each other, like, slice each other's throats right now, and nobody would say anything. Yeah, I would say the latter. Yeah. <laughs> they were raised as pawns, really. So they're scrapping amongst each other to maintain power. Mm -hmm. Yeah, unfortunately. But, I mean, that's interesting that you, um picked up on that though yeah that i'm crazy you know enough she was so crazy she was so crazy she probably would have yeah i mean she just seemed so desperate in that moment and that was kind of a cunning side of her that we hadn't seen since the last season at least because even moments in the last season she didn't seem nearly as smart as she did in this season i guess we didn't get to see her act out as much in the mm -hmm. previous season mm-hmm she definitely seems capable, but way more chaotic than her father, which I'm, I'm wondering, is that like a thing? Is that like a sexist thing? <laughs> Why do the women, they do very ruthless acts, right? Mm -hmm. But it doesn't seem as methodical as men <laughs> in male characters. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't get that. And then the one thing I really didn't like about the scene between her and her brother is just the idea that she's supposed to bear this child you know just focus on your health like there's no other properties involved in right. getting pregnant mm -hmm. and it is a two-way street and it's based on our bodies i think you need to take it easy on her but and i get it's the period and, right you know, right so there there is that idea of like you're the baby making machine why can't you just make this baby <laughs> yeah and why can't it be a male like, right just male. choose to you know cl flick that button from female to male and do what we want right uh the misogyny 
now that Cho knows, he curses her cunning and plans to kill the child. Everyone involved in the plan, including the queen's court ladies and physicians, and restore the family to some exiled, exiled prince of the royal line. He declares that the queen has destroyed the Cho clan and that she will live out the rest of her days as a childless dowager locked away in a far palace. As he threatens her, Cho begins to cough. He retches on blood and the queen pours the tea she served him until it overflows her cup while he falls at her feet and dies. The queen wonders if her father ever stopped hating her for being born a female, but sees the irony in the fact that now she's the most powerful Cho member about to gain everything her father wanted for himself. The entire kingdom is hers. Just talked about misogyny, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And the fact that she just murdered her overbearing, tyrannical, unloving father. Yes. I actually was proud of her. Yes. <laughs> I was so proud of her. I was like, you crazy, but you ain't wrong. You ain't wrong no, right now. No. <laughs> no, man. She she knew what she had to do. It's just sad that her father underestimated her. That's true. Yeah, that is true. He really thought that he was completely in control, but that's not true. I mean, he raised her pretty much to be that way. So mm-hmm. she got some skills. Right. You know? He raised and her to be I, as industrious as possible and then gonna get mad when she's making moves behind your back, bro. Right, right, yeah. He's trying to maintain that control, but he... Is, is it this, like, when when you raise your kids to be this crazy enough to hold on to the crown through any diabolical means, mm-hmm. don't you at some point, like, start working on a retirement plan? Because, I mean, <laughs> that's what you built this for. Right! They're going to, <laughs> they're going to f- finish your legacy, to mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. why do you need to have your hands on it until you die? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> He almost died, too. Like, two days ago, dude is almost dead. And here he is still trying to keep power. And it's like, you need to know when to stop. When to step aside and realize that your kids have this. Especially since all you have now is this queen. Let her be queen. Let her do her thing. Agreed. Agreed. I felt relief for her. Mm Because I was like, this is a terrible life Mm -hmm. to be abused all this time. I'm I'm glad that she no longer has to suffer her mm-hmm. father anymore. Mm-hmm. What got so me to um sorry to interrupt you. Um was this uh other family member, this exiled uncle who came out of effing nowhere by the way. <laughs> and not that I dislike him. I I once we get to know him, I do like him. But if Cho had this other uncle under his belt the whole time, and was just waiting essentially for his daughter to fail. What? Like, this just goes to show you that Cho knew all of the players on the board before anybody else did. Yeah. And he probably would have gone after this exiled uncle if the prince had reached out to him beforehand, you know? And then the next thing we see that he does, he, you know, Cho's dead already, thankfully. But, you know, this guy wasn't even a threat. This guy was a part of the family that nobody even knew existed other than, you know, the prince who clearly wasn't going to, he went to a stranger, Lord on before, um, granted he wasn't a stranger to him, but you know, before he went to his own exiled family. Yeah. Cho just always had other moves. He always had an ace under his sleeve. And as much as I hated his character, 
she was the only one, his daughter would have been the only one, I feel like, who had the chops on this show at the moment to have killed him because he was just so cunning. He just always had other plans. He always had another road. And if he didn't, if that road wasn't clear to him, he was gonna get a spade and dig it, you know, because he was really, the fact that he even brought up exiling her, I was like, wow, you just don't care as long as you keep power. Like, that was, that was brilliant, brilliant scene. The prince finds his lost exiled uncle and implores him to help, even though he doesn't care about royal bloodlines. His uncle refuses, and young Shin arrives to tell the prince about the soldiers' families being executed the next day. The prince asks young Shin why he's remained by his side, and the hunter replies that even though Lord An and Chancellor Cho have paid for their sins, the people are still starving, and he believes in the prince to bring about change. Oh, I didn't mention in here that we see a scene where Chancellor Cho and his small group of mourners do uh, take him out to a field, if I can remember correctly. We see that for like two minutes um, and I didn't include that in here. So people do know that Chancellor Cho is dead, um, thankfully. I don't remember one under what circumstances they said. I think it was just, oh, he had a disease, which seeing as this is a general plague time, People saying that isn't a big deal. Um, oh, one thing I do remember about that scene as well is um, the people. The people, uh, two fishermen or hunters, I believe, saw the group of mourners going out into the field and were essentially like, well, we all gonna die. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> that was that was alarming because to know that uh, the people have absolutely no faith that they're gonna live through this plague uh was really sad really sad and frankly right during these times right now <laughs> a little too identifiable <laughs> that's true yeah yeah it really is because uh-huh. i'm like if you don't have the means and nobody in that castle is giving them the means to survive right you pretty much have to accept fate right right i know that kingdom was not intended to come out during this time <laughs> <laughs> But I did not expect to uh, identify with this as much as I was, and it uh, I don't I don't want to take this too dark or make us sad, but uh, it, it says a lot about what kind of change needs to happen in order to uh, not only make all of us healthier, but um, give us a little bit of hope, man. <laughs> uh, back at the palace, the queen is thanking Bon Pal for helping her with her father's funeral arrangements. She promotes him to the head of the royal command so that he can look after her family. He accepts and asks after So Bi, who hasn't been seen with Cho since Cho brought her to the queen. She tells him that she sent her away since she already has a doctor, but really she locked her away and told So Bi to examine the plague from her new home in the dungeons. The queen plans on weaponizing the dead just as her father did. And that is the end of episode four. How? Okay, so... Why the hell does Bum Pao love Sobi so much? <laughs> I never understood that. I'm like, he is such a sub for her mm-hmm. that it's ridiculous. <laughs> and she does not care for him at all. Like, when is he going to pick up on that? <laughs> That's the thing. I don't think she even knows that he likes her romantically. I don't think she's figured that out. I think he th- she thinks that he's, you know, a good friend. But I don't think she even knows that he... She's even thinking of him that way to think that he might like her romantically. So I don't know what Bon Pao 
He's kind of a bit of a parasite, though. He likes to latch on to people, especially people who are smarter than him. Well, yeah, because unfortunately, he's not that smart. And he right. hasn't had to do anything. Right. Like, he just got promoted. Why did she promote him? I don't know. And to Lord Commander. <laughs> like, you you went literally from being nobody, from being a rich kid, to being a mayor of a town, essentially, mm-hmm. to being mm-hmm. Lord Commander of the Royal Guards. You want to talk mean, about a come up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. And I mean, besides like the obvious placement to progress through the story, mm-hmm. he really doesn't deserve a damn thing. No, <laughs> he did nothing to earn any of these things except to stay alive. I do wonder what they're going to do with his character next season because the fact that he has managed to stay alive, he better like he better come through in some big way because um. He even what we've seen of the rest of this season, he he's a stalwart guy. He finally finds his feet. I don't want to spoil any more of that. But he still hasn't really done much to earn his positions. <laughs> yeah, I don't hope that he it results in some sort of sacrifice from him. But I do hope we see what it was, why he was so valuable to the story, you know? Yeah. And that's it for episodes one through four of Kingdom. Stay tuned for our discussion of the finale of Season 2, Episodes 5 and 6, as well as our hopes for the future of the show. Make sure to check out Crystal's blog, TransformationAttack.com, and while you're at it, drop by and say hi to me at Kraken on Instagram and Twitter, and KDramaKraken.com. Positive reviews on iTunes and Spotify can help this show grow, so if you have some good words to say, I'd love to see them over there. As always, keep it cracking.